Yo, 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 we are back on the Antoine Lovelace podcast. You heard heard me? So what's good? What's good, everybody? Um, You know, this is my second episode of my life. Uh, I've been looking forward to this episode. Um, It's going to give you a good look into how I grew up uh, once I left Bloomsdale Gardens, where there's no gardens. Um... And then, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about what happened after I left Bloomsdale. So, you know, hope, I'm glad you guys are all tuned in. Um, it's, it's a good one. So, um, you know, once I, uh, so one day I said, like I left off on my first podcast, you know, my mom wanted a better life for us, you know, for herself and for her children, you know, me and my sister and my brother. So um, she decided she had to go and she wanted to get away from my dad, who was very abusive. Uh you know, just a bad dude. So, you know, she took the initiative to move us. And the only thing that sucked about it, she was only allowed to bring two children and she had three. So what that did, what what happened was she ended up leaving my brother here with my grandmother. Uh, So, you know, that was obviously traumatic for, I'm sure for her as a mother, you know, but, you know, as a sibling, you know what I mean? Like this is your brother, you know what I mean? And it's, this is our brother, you know, he's not coming with us. So on this new, on this next journey and like, we just didn't know like if anything, like if we will see him again or anything. So it was, it was very traumatic for us. So, so now, you know, my uncle, my uncle Ed, shout out to my uncle Ed. He's good. I love that guy. Um, you know, we, he took us to Lancaster. Now when you hear about, when you hear Lancaster, a lot of people say they think, uh, Amish, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, Little House on the Prairie, the country, and and I had obviously I was twelve at the time. I had no clue where Lancaster was, but um, you know, when I when we were driving in, I'm like, oh shoot, what's that smell? You know, and it obviously was horse manure, and I'm like, are we moving to the country? But then, as we kept driving, as we got through the country, we got into the hood. We got it was, it was uh, and if anybody know the link. And I, I know some people that, you know, listen to this. Uh, they are very familiar with the area. So, you know, when you get to Lancaster, it's just a different, 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 different lifestyle. So, um, so we get there. And, you know, us being, you know, my sister and I, you know, I was, like I said, I was maybe 11, 12. My sister had to be around eight, I believe. So, um, you know, you, you're there and... You don't know anybody. We don't know where I don't know where we're going to live, where we go, how we're going to eat, or anything. So now, what was so what ultimately happened when we first got there? My mother's, you know, she says to me because my sister wouldn't have understood this at the time. I don't think anyway, but um, she said, "Listen, we're gonna have to live in this shelter until I get in this women's program." Now, the reason why she chose to go to uh Lancaster because there was this this women's program I think I believe it's called uh Van- Vantage um where you can come you know get get uh get straight you know it's like a, I think it's a year program where they help you get you know off of drugs get yourself back on your feet get you a job and you know ultimately help you get a house and then you move through, you move out the program so but it was a waiting list you know what but I you know I don't I didn't notice obviously going into this so 
So now my mother says to us, you know, we're going to have to live in the shelter until they call, until we can get on that list. I mean, to get into the actual facility. So, so now, you know, going from, you know, my house in Bloomsdale, which, you know, wasn't the greatest, you know, roaches, no lights, you know, no food, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole, um, you know, now going to live into a shelter, it's like, what? Like, it was like mind boggling because you don't know what to expect. You don't even know. I don't even know what a shelter is at this point. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I was lived in the hood. So now, you know, going into the shelter was called Water Street Rescue Mission. I'll never forget. Um, it was obviously a, a different experience. Um, you know, you wake up, you get a room. And I think I want to say it was only one bed and it could have been a twin bed. But, um, you know, you get a room and, uh, you know, you wake up, there's devotion where it's like this little devotion, church devotion. And then you can eat breakfast and then you got to leave. And then you can come back in the afternoon, but you have to take all your belongings with you as well. You can come back in the afternoon for lunch, but after lunch, you got to leave. And then I think, um, you know, you couldn't go to that room that you slept in. That's not your actual like room room. Um, and then you can come back for dinner, but you had to make, you had to make sure you're at, you know, at the front of the building to get, you know, for the headcount to get an actual bed. So, you know, this was, you know, as a child, you know, it was, it was, again, like I said earlier, it was traumatic. Um, because you, you know, you're like at the end of the day when you think about it. Even I thought about it later in life. Like, you know, you were I was homeless. You know what I mean? Like we're living in the shelter, and then now, you know, there wasn't, you know, in that process of us waiting to get um, in that process of wait of of us waiting to get into the actual Vantage facility. You know, for the the, the women program. You know. It it wasn't like the next week. It was, it took a little bit of time. So, in that time, there was times where we didn't get back in time um, to get a room, and and we didn't have you know mom didn't have no money. She, we didn't have anything. She didn't work, and we actually had to you know sleep outside. And you know, as a child, you know it's it's something that you know I would never forget. Um, you know, I would never, I would never forget that. And it's crazy because, uh, even to this day, I, I know it's, I can literally, I know exactly the exact spot where it was, you know, what it felt like, what it smelled like, um, what if, what it, you know, my emotions, you know what I mean? Um, and I always kind of, and it's crazy. Like I always kind of like think back to the movie, uh, you know, um, the pursuit of happiness with with Will Smith and his son, and uh, and I remember just watching that, just really bringing up so many crazy memories, just like just being outside and like I know in that movie he had to, you know he had to sleep in the uh, he slept in the bathroom with you know in the train station with his son, and you know he held the door closed so no one can go in there because you know obviously was embarrassed, and you know it was so for me. You know, again, like, you know, just sleeping outside. Um, I want to say it was like four different times that we slept outside. And it's cool, real quick, like, I know not, not that long ago, I was actually talking with my little sister. 
And I didn't know if she would really remember that because, again, she was so young. You know, she was so young, and she remembered everything. And it's crazy. And, like, I want to eventually get her on here with me, and, you know, we can talk about that experience and talk about, you know, growing up and even my brother as well. Like, just to be able to talk about that stuff and, and let people – so many people can relate, you know what I mean? And it's good. You know, I know a lot of people didn't think when they hear my story, they don't think they don't think I went through anything. They just think, I don't know, I was just a barber and, you know, and that was that was it. But, you know, growing up it was it was it was very, you know, tough time. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, God, you know, that's your journey. You know what I mean? Like this is already written before we got here. So I always keep that in mind. Like as you know, I go through life, you know, God already knows I'm going to go through it. He know I'm going to get through it. You know what I mean? He, he puts you through this stuff, you know, for a reason, you know, and I always, like, understood that. So, but, um, so, so now going back to, to the, um, sorry, that's like a little weird talking about sometimes for me. But, um, so now going back to, my mom, my mother getting the call that, you know, that we're able to go into the facility, you know, so it was pretty cool. It was, it was, uh, it was, a, uh, it was cool, you know, like, like finally, you know, when we get out of this, we don't got to do this anymore. And we get into this facility, it's called, again, I think it's called Vantage. And it was very eye-opening for me as well um, because once we got in, I was actually the oldest now, when you get into this facility, like, it can be a mother and two children and two of her children. So, obviously, like I said, it was me and my sister. I was actually the oldest kid that was in there. Um, and then I was, like, the big brother to everybody at that point. But, um, you know, I even remember even being in that in that facility. I remember this lady named Miss Karen. I always liked this white lady. She was uh, always nice to me. Um, I remember... Uh, a lot of women, you know, had their own issues, obviously. That's why they're there. And I remember there was there was two women in particular that actually were full-blown, had the AIDS virus, um, you know, there. And I remember only thing I can really, really remember was them always, like, throwing up. And, um, and I remember their kids, and their kids were, you know, their kids weren't um, – HIV positive or anything like that, but the parent, the mother was, and I knew like soon after we even got out that facility, you know, those two people actually passed away. But uh, you know, you know, there was so many memories that was created then, um, even in that building, like where, you know, I think that's when I began my love for art, um, because you know there was a lot of downtime where mother was in meetings, you know, the little kids were playing, and I was like kind of like the oldest kid there, and. And I would just, you know, I would just draw. You know what I mean? That was like one of my hobbies where it put me in into like it put me in like a different different place. You know what I mean? Um But um but again, you know, even being in that facility, it was it was still I learned a whole lot. Um I learned how to be a big, you know, big be a big brother, even though I was a big brother. Um I took on a lot of different responsibilities as being the oldest kid there. Um I even remember, uh, like I'm a, like those type of facilities are like all over. And back then they used to have like competitions, which was pretty neat. Um, 
where the women in the in these different facilities will have to put together like this whole like uh how do you say it like this whole skit and it could be dancing you can have poetry and art and all the stuff and and i never forget uh we you know i, I think it was out of it was out of a lot of different facilities because it was kind of like all down the east coast I, I think and we actually won we actually won and i think because our, our dance routine at the end would mean is me and my sister and this other little girl i can't remember her name it's been so long but um we actually you know and we you know we did our thing but you know the women did their thing as well so in a in a whole we you know we actually won the whole event so it was pretty neat like i, I gotta look into that i gotta i gotta get up to lancaster and see if, if that place is still open um see if some of those people that i do remember are still you know still there um so you know and that because there were there, again like i said there were so many good memories that i and so many good relationships that i built uh back then and i wish now like there was social media back then because you probably i probably will still be talking to a lot of these people you know what i mean but um you know it is what it is so you know when i was there so now i'm in i'm in eighth grade i'm in uh sixth grade i'm at uh i'm attending martin luther king elementary school uh great time um i was a good student at that point you know i was pr pretty much honor roll honor roll every every semester uh I was involved in so many different like competitions and I started getting into art competitions and stuff like that. And, you know, again, built so many memories. Now it's cool. Like to uh, see, um, it's cool now. Cause you, you know, with social, with, with social media, I could, I could find a whole lot of people like that. I was friends with, you know, back then they used to call me smiley. That was my nickname out there. Everyone called me smiley. That was, that was it. No one called me Antoine, Twani, Twan. It was none of that. It was it was it was Smiley, and uh, and and my friend that gave me that name was uh, a guy by the name of Kellup Goodley. Um, he was my best friend out there, and uh, it was sad, you know. I guess once once um, Facebook came around, I was able to find him on Facebook, and you know this is years later, and I found him on Facebook, and. Uh, you know, I reached out to him. I was hoping that it was him, and then bang, we just talked, and it was crazy because you know, so much time had passed, and I had a kid, one kid at the time, and you know, we were planning to meet up, but it was crazy because he never told me he was sick, and he had he had cancer, and um, not that so we were supposed to meet up, and then I kept trying to get a hold of, kept trying to get a hold, I couldn't get a hold of him, and I seen it in a memory of you know Kelly Goodley, and I always bothered me like because I was such a he was such a good friend to me you know being in the situation I was in you know he looked at me he didn't look at me as a poor kid he just looked at me as a, as his brother as a boy you know what I mean and um I always love him for that and hopefully one day you know I'll get to meet him and we get to talk and talk about basketball we just play ball and stuff like that together at the boys club um but that was that but um so now, you know, again, like I said, I'm in sixth grade, had a good, great time, met so many good people. And then at the end of sixth grade, my mother was completing her her time at the facility. And, you know, and then so what happened was they ended up, you know, her time was coming to the end. 
and they helped her get a house. And then at that point, you know, she was in touch with my brother. And then we got the house, and then my brother came up that day. He came up, you know what I mean? And I got to reunite with my brother Keenan. And uh, it was a beautiful thing. You know, I missed him. That's my big bro. Um, you know, he always looked out for me. He beat people up for me. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he did what big brothers do. So, um, so now, you know, we're there. So now, you know, we have our house. My brother's there. My sister and my mom's there. Everything is great, man. It's, it was, uh, it was, it was beautiful. Like we were, so now I'm going into seventh grade. Um, I'm t- attending, uh, Reynolds, Reynolds middle school. I, I can't remember the, the guy's first name, but it, I know it was Reynolds. We call it Reynolds, but, uh, we were attending middle, uh, Reynolds, um, middle school. And again, just, you know, I'm playing basketball. That's when I really started really playing basketball. Um, uh, you know, my brother played ball heavy. He was really good. And, you know, he used to push me, you know, and whatnot. And, um, again, everything was great. And then, um, shortly, so I, I would say like coming to my end of my seventh grade year, um, I remember one day I was coming home. I came home from school. Uh, and my mother said, Twan, I need to talk to you. I don't know where my brother was at the time, but um, I said, what's up, mom? What's good? You know, because, you know, my mom is my best friend, obviously. And she was like, um, I got some, I'm having some issues. I'm, I, I've been going to the doctors and um, I don't know what's going to happen. And I was like, what's up? And she was like, um, "I." they found a lump in my chest and... I want you, I mean, look, I want you to feel this so you can see. And, you know, I'm, they're going to take it out. I'm going to have to go to some procedure. You know, at this time, I never heard of cancer. I never heard of none of that stuff, breast cancer or anything. So she was like, it might be breast cancer. So I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm not, again, I'm, you know, I'm 12. I'll say 12 at the time. And I'm like, all right, you know, all right, I guess we just get through it. You know, you go through it and, and we get through it. So, you know. You know, at the time, she was obviously not telling us the severity of it. Um, and and um, so she wanted, so so now, you know, she's going to a, a doctor's appointment. And I'm seeing a couple of things change with her, but nothing where, you know, I'm thinking my mother's going to, you know, pass away. But, um, and then next thing you know, she was carrying like a, uh, a oxygen tank. So then that's when I kind of like really knew that, you know, it was a lot more serious than what it, than what she was saying. And, you know, you know, she was covered because I remember actually kind of rewind a little bit. I remember her saying, look, I need you to cut my hair off. And I was like, mom, what are you talking about? Cut your hair off. Because again, I'm so young. I'm not, I never heard. I don't, I'm not knowing anything about cancer. So, you know, because she's going to go through chemo, she's going to lose her hair and whatnot. So I'm like, all right, Ma, I said, you want me to cut it off? I'll cut it off. And so she gave me some clippers and I just cut her hair, you know, cut her hair bald. I mean, that's my mom, you know, she's a beautiful lady. And she always started wearing like these little African, like dashiki things on her head and whatever. And uh, so, so anyway, so she, um, so when, when she started carrying, again, like she started carrying the, um, the oxygen tank, I knew it was, it was getting, it was getting, worse. it was something, was, something was up, you know what I mean? And, um, and you know, she was always out of breath and this, that, and the third. And, and then one day, I think it's probably like the summer she had, uh, 
she had, this is like school had probably just ended, and she said, listen, I just talked with your uncle. Um, he's going to come take you guys for the summertime. And, um, you know, while I go through treatment, I'm going to move, I'm going to move to Philly and do my treatments at Philly and down in Philly. And, uh, her one sister lived out in, you know, out in Philly. So I'm going to stay at my aunt Veronica's house while I go to my treatment and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right. So next thing you know, my uncle Shaw, he came and picked us up. Well, he just picked me and my brother up. My sister actually stayed. She actually stayed with my mom at the time. So. So now we down here in the summertime, and then what happened was I guess they had moved my mom. So my mom moved out of there, and they moved her to Lower Bucks Hospital. And, um, you know, so I would go. I would go see her, you know, every day. You know, my uncle would take me over there. And then one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to the I'm gonna, – I'm going to work out, and then I'm going to go see mom tomorrow. And I, I wanted to stay in that school, and then, and I want to catch them the five o'clock bus home. No, no, I didn't catch. Five, no, what was I doing? I wanted to. Stay, we had a tournament, basketball tournament, and I wasn't going to go to the tournament. And I went, and I was just see my mom the next day. And when I got home, uh, my brother he was sitting on the on the on the, because my uncle they lived in like Twin Oaks and they lived on like a like a hill, and he was sitting there, and he was crying. I was like, bro, what's up? He's like, yo. I tell you this, man, mom died. And I was like, what? And he was like, mom died. And I'm like, for real? He's like, yeah, man. I was like, and I just, he just grabbed me. And we just, we just, we just kissed. Like, yeah, he kissed me on my, on my head and said, yo, it's going to be cool, bro. Hold up. So he just said, it's going to be cool, bro. Like, we're going to get through this. So I'm like, all right, man. So, you know, I remember, like, you know, at that time, like, time just stopped. You know, at that time, you know, time just stopped, man. Then, you know, so then, you know, we, we had to prepare, you know, for the funeral. And that was tough because, you know, it's your mom, you know what I mean? Like, just the closest person to you. It's the person, you know, put you here. You know what I mean? Who gave birth to you. So, you know, so it was, it was, it was tough. And I remember, I kind of, even to this day, I don't really regret anything. I never even said this, but. I regretted not even when she had passed away. They had asked me if I wanted to like go and see her before funeral, and I just I couldn't do it. I 
I just couldn't even do it. And I remember, so then now we had, so the day of the funeral, um, the day of the funeral, that was, you know, that was the first time I'd seen my mom since, you know, since the last time I seen her in the hospital. And, uh, and, um, you know, you, you never can be prepared for that, obviously. And all I just remember was just going up to her and I kissed her and she was cold and I just ran out. And then my, uh, my Aunt Tina came and got me. Just help me. Just told me everything's gonna be all right. So, you know, and I just remember family members just being there, like, you know, we're gonna be take care of y'all, gonna be good, we're gonna be straight. Got y'all. The lie. That was just a lie. And the only people that were there was my uncle Ed, my uncle Shop, my aunt Sue. That's it. But, um, you know, so obviously, you know, you know, it was tough for us as kids and we were young, not having no father figure. Um, you know, you know, not having no father figure, and you know, my father figures were, you know, Uncle Uncle Shaw, Uncle Ed, and Michael Jordan. So, but yeah, so now, you know, everything, you know, the funeral ended and, you know, we was living at my uncle's crib and he brought my sister in and, you know, it was, you know, we, it was a tough time adjusting for us, yeah, obviously, because now we're in another different element, you know what I mean? Like, I was going into eighth grade, still trying to figure out life, you know, had a hard time. School. And one person I really looked up to was my man Tom Divine. He always looked out. Didn't even know him. He always looked out. To this day, he still look out. So, that's it.